Hello and welcome to episode 33 of... Fuck, I nearly said Blink-155. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Funk Goes Pod as well. Fuck. Well, shout out to Blink-155. Um, that says a lot about my mental state at the moment. Uh, episode 33 of Punk Goes Pod, a weekly podcast, um, as much as we can, where we examine a song every week from the Punk Goes series from Fearless Records. Holy shit, that did not go well. How long has it been since we've um, come in at the top of the show with what number we're up to? It's been a while. I don't know, yeah. I, something about 33 is pleasing to me. Yeah, it's those patterns. Yeah, it's the, the, the double digits. So, uh, we'll, we'll do it for every one of those. So 44, 55, <laughs> 66, 69, obviously, for obvious reasons. Excellent. Yeah. Um, sorry that we didn't get this out on the Friday. We're just playing fast and loose at the moment. I'm yeah. struggling to form words today, so forgive me in advance. Well, you've been—I mean, you've had to uh, do the self-isolation, so you're not really—you're not really talking to anyone besides me and the cat. So, yeah, this week has been interesting. Um, we're not going to delve into all the depressing shit, because there's enough of it everywhere else. Yeah, it's a depressing situation as um, it is, so. But yeah, work from home is now a thing that I do. Um, surprisingly productive. I didn't expect to be as efficient at working from home, which is why I've never taken up the offer to do so before. But yeah, I... I don't know. The whole social distancing, isolation thing... Like, today when we went out to get some groceries, I honestly felt, like, sort of disoriented, like, walking around. Hmm. Um, and, like, just sort of blinking my eyes to take in the sun. I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of losing my mind a bit. So this is good to just get me talking in sentences again. Yeah. I'm all for talking in sentences. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, we should have been seeing download yesterday. Or seeing download. My we should favorite have been, band, download. Yeah, we should have been going to download yesterday, but yeah. understandably so. Yeah. They, they, well, shall we, shall we get into this? So this week's song, okay, it's I'm Like a Bird oh, yeah. by Nelly Furtado as covered by Element 101, but let's talk about the, uh, the download situation. Yes. So. Briefly. So, obviously, the coronavirus has led to the entertainment industry more or less shutting down at the moment, yep. which is fucking awful. And I really feel for everyone who works in the industry because overnight, essentially, their work just disappeared. Like, it's fucked. But it is like a... It's necessary, but it's fucked. Yeah, because it's, you know, that's just one very easy way for the thing to spread. So Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... Interestingly enough, Download Festival were a bit late to actually make the decision to cancel. I remember when the... Not when the news broke, because the virus has been around since, what, November last year or something in terms of in the news. But um, when it started to get real over here, I remember thinking, like, they've got to cancel. Like You were, you were to the point of almost being furious about the fact that they hadn't cancelled yet. I, I just... Again, like, even though we, it would have proceeded with the best of intentions, it's just so risky. Yeah. Like, any little steps that we can all take to distance ourselves, localise ourselves, like, don't 
travel all over the place, don't meet up in huge crowds, like just sort of stay put where you can. That's going to be so valuable. Like every little bit helps. This is one of those things like unlike climate change where it all feels a bit futile, like the individual thing that you do. This is something where you can actually affect change. Absolutely. Like stay the fuck home where you can. Yeah. But anyway. Because this is something that would have started with one person. Yeah. And yeah. And so who I'm not I'm not blaming the you know patient zero or whatever because <laughs> because you obviously they obviously wouldn't have known or they might have thought I've got a cold yeah. or the flu and didn't know that it was a mutated strain of whatever sure. it's got. Yeah. Yeah, we're both medical professionals as well. So, oh, so tune in for all I'm of the best. So medically medicalized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome to um Medco Medgo's pod. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um so yeah, like musical events, concerts, everything, like live events were getting cancelled left, right and centre. Download sort of remained steadfast to the, yeah, like to the point where I was like, I don't know if we should be going if it goes ahead. And you were mad. You were actually mad. I was very mad because it's just yeah. very irresponsible yeah. to be like, nah, fuck it, we'll be fine. Yeah. But then My Chemical Romance posted an announcement saying that they were cancelling their touring commitments yep. in the best interests of public safety, which and awesome. sa- safety for safety for people that are going to go see them, safety for themselves, safety for their families, safety for everyone. Yes, but then download festival. Someone like a spokesperson on behalf of their initial. I'm just trying to find it. Their initial announcement for the uh, festival cancelling was just really pointed. Yeah. And I was really... So I'm just going to read it out. So this was posted on... It was last Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. last Friday, I think. Um, yeah, it is with intense disappointment that we announced that My Chemical Romance will not be coming to Australia to play download. MCR have released the following statement today. To our dearest friends, it is with heavy hearts that we have decided to postpone our performances in Australia and New Zealand. We felt our band, our crew and our families, given the current... We felt this was the right decision for our fans, our band, our crew and our families, given the current global situation. We apologise to our fans, but please know that we didn't come to this decision lightly. Thank you for your understanding and we look forward to being with you all again as soon as we can. In the meantime, please be good to each other. Download someone. A representative continues. Given that this announcement has come barely seven days prior to Download Australia... We will not be able to secure an alternative headliner as there is insufficient time to secure visas and arrange the other relevant logistics that are required prior to the festival. As we are unable to deliver a complete lineup to meet the standard that Download fans both expect and deserve, we have very reluctantly made the decision to cancel Download Australia 2020. And then just sort of next steps, essentially. And yeah, when they released that announcement i was relieved first of all that they have can like they did the right thing and cancelled then you read it again it was just like they were blaming my chemical romance for the for the they cancellation were using them as a scapegoat for a decision yeah. they should have made so much sooner and it looked like they were almost almost playing chicken with my chemical romance like who's gonna blink first who's going to who's gonna cancel first mm. and it was almost like they were waiting for My Chemical Romance to say, well, we can't, for them to say, oh, there's your bad guy right there. It's My Chemical Romance. But also, like, it's so common for acts to have to pull out of festivals. Like, I'm sure headliners have had to cancel shit before. Are you telling me they wouldn't have just had Jimmy Eat World be the yeah. last band on? Well, like, 
that still yeah I don't know like yes that would have hampered like interest I guess because yeah my chem absolutely uh, were a selling point for this festival because yeah. they're back but like it was just so irresponsible that they were like oh because these guys have pulled out they've fucked us over we can't do this like I cannot believe that was the excuse they used yeah and so then uh, so five days ago what was that that was Tuesday sure. no Monday Tuesday I don't know. It doesn't matter. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, so they posted a follow-up. On Friday, we announced that Download Festival was not proceeding, citing My Chemical Romance's decision not to travel at this time. In light of the recent announcement by the Prime Minister, it's now clear that Download Festival and other associated tour dates wouldn't have been able to proceed in any case. We would like to sincerely thank My Chemical Romance's foresight in this respect. We are working hard with many of the bands that were scheduled to play, including My Chemical Romance, to ensure that they eventually do visit Australia and New Zealand when the current situation has improved. Blah, 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 blah. It's just like... Who's the touring company that does download for Australia? Ugh. It doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Um, I would just imagine that when things do clear up and, and bands can start touring again, I wonder if My Chemical Romance would go with them. Yeah. Which is like, fuck, you just dealt yourself a huge blow. Yeah, like, they shot themselves in the foot because... Ugh, yeah, They could have even said shit like, we've spoken with My Chemical Romance, the headliner of the thing, and we've both come to the agreement yeah. that, like, they're not going to be able to come over and we're seeing that other bands are not going to be able to come over as well. Yeah. This is, this is what's happening. We're going to have to cancel. Sorry. Like, I fully understand why you would be reluctant to cancel something that has been months years whatever in the making um but unfortunately like some situations just prevail over that like and it was just such a low blow to be like oh because these guys decided yeah. to look after themselves and everyone else we've yeah fuck to, their health and safety yeah we've had to scrap the whole thing and then they're back like backpedaling and being like oh thank you so much for being yeah and like that's such a non-apology as well i hate it's sort of like you always hear about, like, social psychology, like, if you're running late to something, instead of saying, sorry, I'm late, just say, thank you for waiting. Like, mm. it's just such a dick move, because it's just, yeah, it's such a non-apology. So, yeah, I would be very surprised to see if my chem will continue to do business with them in the future, because that's really shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our rant about download. And you could imagine that... um I would imagine that when things... And I'm not saying that I expect it or I'm demanding it or anything, but when things do clear and bands can start touring again, we'd probably be the first place that My Chemical Romance tours. Yeah. Then they'll probably just do stadium shows or... Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it's one of those things, again, like... Uh, yeah, actually, no, I was just... Like, this... This like, is how you eat a Big Mac. Exactly. Let's talk about the song. Well, I want to talk about another song before we get into this song. Okay. So the Black Dahlia Murder released a new single hey. for their album, Verminous, and the single is Child of Night. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't terribly... I like Verminous, but it wasn't getting me jazzed for the new album, whereas this one has me very excited. Nice. For the new album. Mm-hmm. So, yep, check that out. Sure. Check this out. Excellent. I'm about two beers deep. I was going to save getting drunk for episode 50, but I figure this is as good a time as any. Fucking hell. Okay. To doing just, this. Yeah, to just do this. All right. As long as you can still form sentences, please, because <laughs> oh. I 
I'll form sentences. They won't be the right ones, though. No, between you being doused in alcohol and me not having proper social contact for a week, like, we need one of us to be on top of this. Alright, I will be an adult about this. An adult who buys alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Nelly Furtado. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know that she's actually Canadian. I know. I don't know Probably why... because I've never heard her speak before. Holy shit. I just kind of imagine her voice, her speaking voice is like a singing voice, which is kind of a bit through the nose. The only time I've ever heard her speak is at the start of Maneater. Like, am I throwing you off? Nope. Didn't think so. Oh, I didn't even know there was a speaking bit in front of Maneater. Fuck. She really has some amazing singles. Like, I, revisiting this one and then just... I must admit I need to listen to, like, I don't know, the whole album that this is from in full, perhaps, but I just went back to all her singles. You mean, whoa, Nelly. I do mean, whoa, Nelly. But, like, yeah, I really should go back. and Because, yeah, those singles are just bangers. Like, holy shit. Anyway. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> you got me mad now. I was, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, I made thought this was really funny. She is not the rapper Nelly. That is very astute. I must admit, when I was a kid, because they both did come out around the same time, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. I do remember there being like that brief thing of like you'd hear Nelly and be like, "Oh, cool, Nelly Furtado," and then be like, "Oh, wait, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah." I remember thinking the same thing, like, "Oh, she's just going by Nelly now," and then. Hearing Nelly and like... That is absolutely that not. Is not... That is not Nelly Furtado. <laughs> yeah. What's going on there? So... Uh, kids are dumb. Do you think artists, if they have sort of similar sounding names or anything, have the same thing as when people... Two people wear the same clothes out for a night out? And they just sort of like, hey... One, like... Of, us, one of us needs to change. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty... Well, not... I don't know if there's plenty, but there are instances where bands have had to adjust their name because of a claim by another band like blink 182 used to be blink but there was another band called blink and then there was blink 182 and who remembers blink now <sighs> and you know what the funny thing is is people will just call them blink yeah people call 182 blink yeah yeah my favorite band 182 182 <laughs> wait no it was 96 degrees 98 degrees 98 degrees i was like wait were they 182 degrees <laughs> It's getting hot. You would be dead. <laughs> They're getting in the kiln. Jesus. All right. So she was born in 1978 from British Columbia, Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents emigrated from mm-hmm. Portugal to Canada in the late 1960s. I want to do this in a Canadian accent, but I really just won't. Sure. Um, I just, I, I'm going to botch it. 
So she was named after Soviet gymnast Nellie Kim. At the end of Kim's career, she had five Olympic gold medals to her name. I just thought I, I saw that. I was like, I'm going to research Nellie Kim briefly. I find that interesting, like, naming someone after an athlete. Yeah, and you'd have to be really... Because what was she? She was a gymnast. You'd have to be really into gymnastics. Yeah. Imagine imagine that. Like, her parents are like... I don't know what a Portuguese accent is like. I'm just going to say, like... Imagine her parents being like, well, Nellie, she's going to be a, a tremendous gymnast. And then it turns out she's a wildly successful musician. But yet they're still disappointed because she yeah. didn't do gymnastics. God damn it. I don't need you to dial that back just a little bit, please. All right. Okay. I'll go from 11 to 10. <laughs> so, in 1996, Furtado would move to Toronto, Canada. I also like the potential sort of tense. I'm really bad at remembering the names of certain tense types, but, like, in 96, she did move to Toronto. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but it was also in the past, from yeah. where we're talking. But, like... When you say she would move, it's sort of like a potential situation, whereas, like, she did move. <laughs> she moved to Toronto. <laughs> In 1996, Furtado moved to Toronto, Canada. Yep. Where she formed. Where she would form the trip-hop <laughs> duo Nelstar. Trip-hop yep. is a British genre of music with its beginnings in the 90s. It's a fusion of hip-hop and electronica until both styles are unrecognisable. So, just music vomit. Trip hop can be good. No, well, I just when you say until both genres are unrecognizable, it's like well, then. I mean, they are obviously still recognizable if they can determine which genres it is. Okay, I I don't think I could tell you. I mean, I don't I don't recognize. Isn't trip-hop. Massive Attack considered trip hop? Anyway, I don't know. I I. I... Look, I've heard of the name Massive Attack, but I have never listened to a single song of theirs. You definitely have. Okay. Um, So she was once signed to Geffen Records, which included other notable acts such as Blink-182. Hell yeah. Dot Blink. Yep. Because fuck Blink. Mm -hmm. Ashley Simpson, Boxcar Racer, Finch, Rise Against, Weezer, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I kept Ashley Simpson in there. Because she rules. She was kind of like the pop star, like her and Avril Lavigne in the early 2000s. Mm. But we're, sort of, we're sort of like the pop stars that were kind of flirted with the punk scene. Yeah. Like, her music wasn't at all punk, but she wore, you know, black and red leggings and lots of bangles and shit and had black hair. Yeah. And just sort of flirted with the imagery. The Superior Simpson. I would, and I would say, like, Avril Lavigne flirted with the imagery of punk. Although she probably no, she went with a bit of a bit more than I would say Ashley Simpson did. She'd be more like pop rock, maybe. I don't. But yeah, like the whole punk kind of aesthetic, mall punk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but as of two thousand and nine, she has been attached to her own label, Nellstar. Uh, we're talking about Nelly, not Avril Lavigne. <laughs> yeah. What? They're both Canadian. So what if? Uh, what if Avril Lavigne was signed to Nellstar? That's what happened to the original Avril Lavigne. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that for a sec? Sure. Apparently, Avril Lavigne, like, current Avril Lavigne is the second Avril Lavigne, and the first Avril Lavigne died. Yes, that's what I'm referring to, but you do realise it's a conspiracy theory. Yes. Yes. Did I make it sound like it was real, did I? 
Yes. Uh, no, it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Again, I was about to severely question my choice in partner for a second. Second time today after the first time where it looked as if you were about to buy two different brands of potato gems at the same time. Um, anyway. So... I was like, taste this. We'll see which one's better <laughs> yeah. for next time. So she's sold over 40 million records worldwide. Do you mind if I take the notes from here for a bit? Not at all. Cool. So, I'm Like a Bird was the first single off her 2000 debut album, Whoa Nelly! Exclamation point. It was written by Furtado and produced by Gerald Eaton and Brian West, who are better known for being in the five-time Juno Award-nominated Canadian R&B act, The Philosopher Kings. Couldn't really find much else about them, like what else they might have produced or anything like that, so... That, to me, is sort of the equivalent of, like, for being in the five-time ARIA Award-nominated, like... It's the Juno Awards, like, their big awards, though, or do yeah. they have an even bigger one? Okay. The Junos are, like... Yeah, so it is the equivalent of the Arias. I think so. Yeah. That's the way I've always understood it to be. Like, it's very... It's insular to yes. Canada. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where are we? So, on the charts, I'm Like a Bird reached number two on the Aria charts. Excellent. And in New Zealand, it reached number one in Portugal. Good. They reached... Uh... Oh, yeah, no, Sorry. It reached 19 in Canada, number 5 in the UK, and number 9 in the US. And the song went two times platinum in Australia, which I'm very pleased to hear. We we liked it. We did. Mm. So, do you want to talk about the music video for a bit? So, it was directed by Francis Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he's directed videos for such acts as Unwritten Law, Bad Religion, Third Eye Blind, Robin... Mm-hmm. Genuine and Green Day. Sick. He also began directing films. So his di- directorial, uh, like, feature-length... Um, debut? Debut. I'm trying to think of, like, the, the word for, like, a major motion picture. Yes. Debut was Constantine, 2005. Have you the... watched it? I have. Is it good? It's not. It's Keanu <laughs> Reeves as, a uh, as like, god boy killing demons. Killing hell demons. It's fun. It's a fun movie. But it's not good. So, like... Tilda Swinton's in it. <laughs> yeah, based off the synopsis alone that you've just given me, Keanu Reeves, Angel Boy Fighting Demons, and Tilda Swinton's in it. Like, I... it's really checking some boxes to determine, like, I do not need to watch that thing. I say Angel Boy. It's, I think he was a priest or something. I tried watching it not that long ago, and I was like, I'm going to watch this while I'm eating dinner, but I'm not going to watch it a second after I've finished. <laughs> So is that the only time you've watched it? No, I went to the I went to the movies to see it with Dad. Oh, Dad and I went and saw it at the movies. That's wholesome. Um, Did he like it? Probably. Ah, uh, maybe we. When I was a teenager, we actually went and saw a few movies, and it was like, I think he because he was old enough to be like, well, that was crap, but I enjoyed it. So it was like, <laughs> and I would just legitimately be like, oh man, that was the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And so we would both get our own separate enjoyments out of it. Aww. But I we love would... that you guys did that together. Yeah. That's so wholesome. Yeah, we'd go see movies together. Like, that's not to say that my dad didn't, but there's just something about the relationship you two have that I find very lovely. Mm-hmm. We used to take dad with us to watch Harry Potter because just that classic thing where, like... And look, if we ever became parents, which we will not because gross, but, like... It's that classic thing of, like, still loving, like, Disney movies and kids' movies. Like, Dad would be like, yeah, I guess I can go. Like, he loved them. Yeah. But also because he's a farmer and just works all the fucking time. 
it's, it was just the perfect environment for him to sleep. Like, dark, slightly cooler than usual. Like, he would just zonk out and would keep, like, elbowing him. Like, Dad, you're missing the good bits. So. There's so much whimsy to Harry Potter as well. And yeah. I feel like you could be not terribly invested in Harry Potter, fall asleep, wake up at a moment where something cool was happening and be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. See some cool shit, go back to sleep. Cool shit will happen again. I think the Dementors actually did, like, frighten him a bit. I don't think I got up to the Prisoner of Azkaban. Huh. So. I wouldn't mind marathoning Harry Potter while I'm locked inside. Maybe I'll do that. With me included, or? You can if you want. I'd like to, but I mean, I'm still at work, so. Yeah. Well, you mean you're at work, but <laughs> I'm still, I still have to go out to work. Yeah. Um, but Francis Lawrence actually directed, he also directed, I think, the last three Hunger Games movies. Oh! Oh, okay. So, what was it? Was it Catching Fire? Uh, uh, and then Mockingjay Part 1 and 2? Yes. Yeah, so he directed those. He also directed that weird Russian spy film Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. Ah, oh, that movie was bad. I would be really interested to see it again. Actually, no, maybe not. But Because we, we had a bad experience. Because there was idiots behind us That's who would right. not stop talking. Hey, he's got the same birthday as me. Oh, there you go. So speaking of, my birthday is on Thursday and I'll be celebrating by myself at home. <laughs> um, I want to just look up his filmography real quick. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see Red Sparrow again in a quiet place, but you're right, it's probably, tra- it's probably trash. Yeah. Um, it seems like he does a lot of adapted works because Constantine yeah. was a comic. The Hunger Games were already books. I think Red Sparrow was a book. Yep. So. I kind of like that. Like, if that's his sort of... His niche. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you've got it all there. Off you go. Like, I kind of... Yeah, there is a certain talent to being able to bring a story to life from a pre-existing franchise or something, as opposed to writing a script completely different, like, new making that anyway anyway that's a stupid thing oh he did i don't want to miss a thing by aerosmith he did waiting for tonight by jennifer lopez that is such a good video i don't think i've ever seen it oh you will have i reckon i'm sure if i showed you oh you know what i watched um used to watch a lot of video hits so yeah you're probably right picture lots of like green neon lights Ooh. yeah Love it. um Oh, Warning by Green Day. That's a good one. All right, I'm going to stop doing... Oh, he did Slave for You. Okay. He did a really... He's got like 10 films to his name, so go to his filmography. Not the videos that he's directed. He's directed like 200 videos. I Am Legend, Water for Elephants, (laughs) Hunger Games, Red Sparrow, Pump Up the Volume, Marching Out of Time, Constantine. But like most of those... So I don't know what Pump Up the Volume or the other one... Mm. Um. All the other ones were, I think, successful movies. So, good on him. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. I have also stated here that it uses a heavy dose of CGI in the mm-hmm. film I feel like, again, that's another specialty of his, is heaps of special effects. Yeah, probably, I mean, Red Sparrow... Like, given the genres that he's working Red in. Red Sparrow is probably his most understated movie. Because, yeah. like, what special effects would you really use in that? Um, Something to make it enjoyable. 
I feel like that movie had one thing and one thing only that brought people in. Most mostly brought dudes in. Jennifer Lawrence? Naked. Yeah. She gets naked in that movie. That's right. So I feel like that's that's the thing that like had a lot of people like a lot of dudes like Hey, honey, you want to go see this uh, Red Sparrow film? Yeah, Men Are Gross is what we're getting at here. Though, who who was it that suggested we go see it? Was it you, me, or Helen? Probably me and Helen. Yeah, I don't probably. Know. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's get into our thoughts on the song and then our thoughts on the video. So you're Actually, not, you're not going to talk about how Nelly Furtado also revealed her magical powers in this clip? Yeah, she has magical powers in this clip. Yeah. Yeah. She sure does. Earth's greatest hero, Nelly Furtado. <laughs> the hero we need right now. I, I want like a roll call of like the Avengers, like Captain America, the Hulk, Thor, Captain Marvel, Nelly Furtado, she, Iron Man. She definitely belongs in the Marvel universe. Yeah, of course she does. So, because I can't remember what the actual um powers are. Like her eyes change color, don't they? Her eyes change. Do, Always very helpful. Her, her eyes... Well, she can fly. Fuck, yeah, that's cool. She can do the, like, thriller... Not thriller, the smooth criminal lean. Yep. Again, um, very useful. She can change her eye colours, but does she change... Because she... Her eye colours... Her eye changes colour when she's looking at the beetle, and the beetle changes colour, so can she also change the colour of other things? Maybe she has, like, insect mind control powers. But it's not like a it's not like a chameleon that can change its colour. It's literally just like a dung beetle or something that she's that she's changing its colour. I reckon it's her. She's changing it, so she's Well yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, Earth's greatest hero. <laughs> Nelly for time. We're relying on you, Nelly. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> Help me, N- Nelly Furtado. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> Nelly Furtado, you're my hero. And I... So it's... It's a real... So basically, I feel like in this... Where she's doing the film clip... Mm-hmm. Basically, you would go... So it's it's in an outdoor setting, but there's like some woods behind her. Mm-hmm. You delve into those woods. Mm-hmm. Go, you go a little bit into those woods, and there's Crazy Town filming Butterfly. Fuck Yes. So there's there's them. Oh my god, I want to live in this place. And then there's Nelly Furtado flying around changing everything to <laughs> fucking turquoise or whatever she's in the mood for at the at the time. <laughs> oh, and she also creates mosh pits as well, so So she creates the mosh pit in Butterfly. Is there a mosh pit in Butterfly? I feel like there is. There's isn't been there? it's been about twenty years since I've seen that Maybe film. Maybe there but... isn't. Well there should be if there is. I isn't. just remember them like dancing around in a forest and I they're like the two singers mack on with girls. I think the girls have dreadlocks and they do like the full tongue kiss. They all look like they would smell really bad. Yeah, they would. What's the name of the band? Crazy again? Town. Thank you. I can't um, believe I forgot that. But what I found... So I'm going to flex a little film knowledge. Yes. On this. Oh my god, one of the guys in the video is wearing a Dare t-shirt as in like... Dare not to do drugs. Yeah. Amazing. But do you reckon it's an ironic one? Like, do you reckon, oh, absolutely. Do you reckon underneath it's like dare to use drugs or something? Probably. Dare to do drugs all the time. Yeah. Sorry. Every every time, all the time. Ah, uh, no. What are you doing? No, I just wanted to watch the video on site. That's all right. I'll watch it later. Um, You were going to flex. 
my film knowledge. So at the at the beginning of the film clip, there's the bit where she's standing in front of the tree, mm-hmm. and it's doing. I can't remember the actual. It's like a tracking, not a tracking shot. But the you the, said a trombone shot. The, that's the nickname for it. It's ah. a trombone shot, or it's called the vertigo effect, where essentially the foreground stays the same, but the background moves and mm-hmm. shifts. And it's so basically what happens is it's a dolly shot. Okay. Because you have the camera on a dolly. And See, I pictured you... it like sticky tape to a trombone when you were telling me about it the other day. Well, I mean, that's the effect is that it looks like a trombone. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen it. And then in the background, it's like... Sucks on my phone. I'm like a bird. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Um, so basically what you do is you have the camera on a dolly. Yep. Or like a trolley or whatever. So that it's got so it's on wheels, and as you're pulling it away, you're adjusting the camera. You're zooming in, yeah. So that so that again, the foreground stays the same. So she stays the same. She but her shot is fine, yeah. But the background is moving. But it's actually so it was made famous in uh, Alfred Hitchcock created it in the movie Vertigo. He looks down, and so basically the foreground where he's looking down stays the same, but everything else is sort of coming up towards him, mm-hmm. like it's like it's rushing towards him, yeah. Um, basically what it's doing though in this is it's going constantly back and forth. So it would be really interesting how they kind of did that so seamlessly. Yeah. Um, whether she did it in like slow motion, like she like mouthed the words in super slow motion while they tried to do this. So it can sort of like come in and out really quickly. It's, it's really interesting and it's really, it's actually really impressive because like usually when you see this sort of shot, it's just, it's one like one movement there's a scene from Jaws where they do it where he realises shit they should have closed the beach the shark is attacking and so like everything like zooms in on him it's it's like an oh shit moment yeah and that's what it's usually meant to encapsulate is oh shit something's gone wrong what the fuck's happening whereas in this it's not it's just to me it sort of represents like just life like in her surroundings like it's sort of a breath of life around her yeah Mm. Yeah. and that's a really good way to put it like the like the world is living like yeah. nature yeah it's all and she kind of has that that feel about her like yeah a sort of nature person slightly ethereal maybe believes in the healing power of crystals but i don't know she's a superhero though so she knows what's best that's true shall we talk about the song well i just want one more thing about the film clip i remember when it did come out <laughs> and it was on video hits yep <laughs> and so it was so so i had it on while video hits was going my brother like saw it watching. He's just like, she's so hot. <laughs> he's not wrong. I mean, no, he's not wrong. So, what do you think about the song? I really love this song. It's a good song. Um, this is what I needed this week as well. Like, just a throwback to when things were simpler, and also just because, like, the lyrical content is a little bit sort of melancholic. But I do love yeah. the song. Like, the song is just so sunny and beautiful. I tried to digest, no, digest, dissect <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I digested this really easily. This was a, this was a good... About you know, as easily as you're digesting those beers. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I tried to dissect it a little bit, and I was like, part of it sort of almost seems like, because she was, I don't think at that point, but she was, I think, pretty soon to be a mother. Oh, um, yeah. Like a few years off. It has almost that feel of... Um, you know, you give me unconditional love when you're a child. I will 
have to let you go at some point so that you can be a, your own person. Mm. But then it also, it doesn't quite mesh with that. So it's, I'm imagining it's more like a breakup or, you know, a breakup and trying to figure out who you are after that. Yeah. Um, or, I don't know, something. To me, it's not so definitive. Like, to me, it's sort of... The idea of, like, in this moment, I love you. Every, like, this is real, this is true, I love it. But we don't know what the future's going to hold. Yeah, and the whole, the sentence, I'm like a bird, isn't concrete. Yeah. You know, it could sort of mean a few things. And as she says, like, I don't know where my home is. Yeah. Um, what else is it? I don't know where my... Soul is. Soul is. I don't know where yeah. my home is. Yeah. Like... Yeah, you're beautiful and that's for sure. You'll never ever fade. You're lovely, but it's not for sure and I won't ever change. Like, yeah, to me it's sort of like acknowledging like in the moment everything is as it should be, but life is going to take us in different directions. Yeah. Or at least it's going to take me in different directions and I can't account for that yet. I'm just going to put this out there. Nelly Furtado, if you're listening, I've got a movie idea where you travel to different planets because we have established you're a superhero. Yes. And you fight aliens while you try and find your soul. Okay. And it's written on a piece of paper. <laughs> okay. Get you sold to an alien for five, <laughs> for five universal bucks. Oh my god. Okay. No, this is just, a, it's a lovely song though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, oh, I actually did my homework this week. I listened yes! to it on my phone. Because I... Do you want your notes, by the way? Remember you wrote notes about this song? I think I've said everything I actually wanted oh, to say. But yeah, when I was working from home this week, I was looking at your notes, and you mentioned the like computer like electronic sort of noises. Oh, you read my notes. I did. And also... During the, the chorus. Yes. Yeah. And also like the... Yeah, like the he- I think it's like a heavy tom-like drum, yeah. like, brrr, like almost like a storm kind of. Because again, I read your notes, I'm like, fuck off, I don't sit here that, and then I <laughs> listen to it with headphones, and here we are. <laughs> um, but for me, the thing I picked up the most from listening in headphones, so I can thoroughly recommend it to everyone else, I fucking love the last chorus, how those harmonies kick in, like, yeah. it's stunning. <laughs> It's yeah. just beautiful. Like, but like, like how she's sort of singing with herself. Yeah. But even in the rendition of the chorus before the very final one, where it's just sort of like, ah, like, yeah. this, this really beautiful, like, backing. Fit. Yeah, like, it's just gorgeous. Like, I fucking love this song. I. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to come off, might be controversial, might sure. be a bit weird. Um, and I don't want it to seem that way because I think she's tremendous. Mm hmm. So we've established yeah. she's just she's cosmic. Yes. Um, it almost feels like the way she sings, though, it almost feels like there's no there's no effort that needs to be made. Mm. It almost sounds it, it sounds like singing is effortless to her. Yeah. And I have the same opinion about Rihanna. And this isn't to say like I'm this isn't to say I'm accusing them of taking anything for granted or not putting in a hundred percent. But it feels like all we need is 10% of them and it's amazing. Yeah. Like when they when they need to bring out more, they will and it will kick us in the butt. <laughs> but it just feels like it, it feels like it's it's sort of really sort of un, almost understated. Yeah. Um and yeah, like I'm I'm trying not to make it sound like they're 
blasé or anything because I know that it's a really serious it's their job no <laughs> you're <laughs> I think you're overthinking it like I know exactly what you're saying yeah and I'm sure everyone else does um like their their voice has a force to it yeah yeah so they don't need to be like fucking belting it out like it does yeah it can be sort of understated but still really powerful mm. Whereas, like, Adele, for example, like, fucking belts it out and, like, sounds great, even though I personally am not a fan, but, like, you can tell that that is the result of, like, fucking going for gold. Like, But if, if I, if you told me that Nelly Furtado or Rihanna only went to singing lessons to just learn breathing, yeah. I'd believe it. Yeah. Like, if, if I, if you told me, yeah, they just naturally were that good, yeah. I'd believe it. Yeah. Um. And I, just, I don't feel like this song needs to be belted out either. God, it's no. not that sort of song. No. But no, that's my uh, that's my spiel. Yeah. About that. One thing that I noticed about the song, I don't even know why. My head has got this weird sort of connection there. Every time I hear the beginning of this, like the strings, mm. I instantly think of that song "High" by Lighthouse. Oh Family. yeah. I don't like even though that doesn't even open with it closes with similar strings it doesn't open with it but every time I'm like oh yeah I love this song hi and then it turns into <laughs> I'm like a bird I'm like oh still good but also I'm not disappointed by this yeah like I can live with this but also I was expecting to hear hi by the lighthouse family yeah that song fucking rules even though it kind of sounds like they're in a bit of a cult mm, I mean a lighthouse family yeah that's a that's a dope name for a cult actually I'm gonna write this. Cool. Yeah. Um. I did have a joke that I'm like a bird. Sounds like a joke. Uh, sounds like a sentence that a teenage bird would say. Like I'm like a bird. Oh my god. I'm like a bird, man. <sighs> Fucking hell. <laughs> You're welcome, internet. You're welcome. Uh, all right. So what about that? So we established in last week's episode, um, the Bruno Mars episode, that we weren't going to be doing covers for that one and for this one. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really have any other covers for this because, and I realised we're jumping the gun a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, looking through the thumbnails for this, it's much of the same. Yeah. And it doesn't excite me. So <laughs> what we... What we what we found was that in I believe it was to the two thousand and eight edition of oh was it like remastered or something yeah it was like the two thousand and eight edition of Whoa Nelly Whoa um, Nelly Whoa Nelly um yeah acoustic version from the two thousand and eight special edition of Whoa Nelly so she did a she did an acoustic piano version of this. Mm-hmm. You're lovely, but it's not for sure. 
So what do you think? I don't enjoy it as much, and that's mostly because stripped back, it doesn't have the same impact to me, if that makes sense. It's funny that you say that, because stripped back, she, as I was talking about her vocals, she actually does kind of put a bit more force into her vocals in this, I And feel. there's something about her vocals in the acoustic one that I don't love. Mm. I don't know why. I think it's because it's also slightly slower. I think. And I'm imagining Maneater, and Maneater is at about a certain level as well, which is really good because it's kind of, it's kind of a sexy song. Such a good song. That is a sexy film clip, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. I okay. think she's just in the club. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but I remember. I think I remember it being pretty sexy. Did you and Aunt watch it together? No. No. Okay. Um, I, I tried to have a joke, but no, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't think of anything. <laughs> So yeah, for me, like it's still good, but there's something about the production of the pop one, like the original, just the multi-layered everything, like that sort of maximalist version. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look. I think it's it's a completely passable, serviceable cover, but I would always go back to the original. Mm, I would absolutely. always go back to the original um, for for her version. But speaking of covers, I just, yeah, I, I found that one and thought, that's a bit interesting, let's talk about that. But let's get into this week's meat. Mm-hmm. Element 101. So what I was able to find out, they were a tricky band because they didn't have a Wikipedia page, so I had to find out all of their information from sites like Discogs and Last.fm. Yeah. Um, they were, and again, I couldn't get whether they were still around. I don't think they are, but I didn't get a, I didn't get a beginning and an end. So I got a an estimate. So from, they came from New Jersey and they operated from around 97 to 2003 mm-hmm. I want to say um, they were signed to tooth and nail tooth and nail records a Christian rock record label from California other notable acts included Emery MXPX POD and under oath I did not listen to any of those bands I knew of under oath and MXPX 
And I think Emery. You you would know P.O.D. Oh, of course. P.O.D. Youth of the Nation. Yeah. Hell yeah. I feel so alive. Oh, shit. That's them as well. Time. Yeah. They also do boob. Here comes the boob. Ready or not. Here comes the boys from the south. And like the film clip, they were playing table tennis. Huh. Um, no, I was thinking of the we are, we are. Yeah, that's Youth of the Nation. I had that album. Youth of the Nation. Do you still have it? No, I don't think I do, which I'm really disappointed about. God damn it. Anyway. And like, MXPX, I never listened to MXPX. I've listened to one, aside from like, they did a track on a Santa Claus, um, a Christmas covers album. Uh, I have listened to one song of theirs, Wrecking Hotel Rooms, which is really cool. And that's about all I know of them. Cool. I wrecked your hotel room. I crashed up the car. Slept in the gutter. I'm outside your door. Saw you through the keyhole. Dead on your knees. There's really no reason. I'm sure yeah. they didn't wreck hotel rooms though, because they were good Christian boys. Oh no, god no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the song's a bit like it's one of those ones, and like I'll only talk about it briefly, but it's sort of that kind of common theme at the time of like a love song, but there's that kind of sick twist to it of like I'm spying on you. I'm like all this kind of yeah. Mm. It's a cool song though. I might play a snippet in this episode for everyone. Okay, just for shits and gigs. Cool. So element, do we say one hundred and one or one hundred and one? One hundred and one. One hundred and one. I reckon. Um, whenever I see those, it's like yeah, no, it's always one hundred and one. You know how like they in America they have like classes like well yeah, and also like funk dancing one hundred and one. <laughs> See some gangsters dissing your fly girl. Cross-stitching swear words, 101. Yep. Um, well, yeah, you don't say blink 182. No. You wouldn't say 182 degrees for uh, Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas Lachey's band. <laughs> Nick Lachey's band. Nicholas Lachey. Even though it's only 96 degrees. Remember, I thought it was... 98 degrees. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was 182 degrees yes, yes, like yes, yes. Gotcha, 20 gotcha, minutes gotcha. ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm on it. So, uh, what do we think of Element 101? I like this cover. Yes. This is one of the covers I really enjoyed when I was a kid. Yeah, this is one of the ones you were coming into with some background knowledge. Yes. You already already knew this one. I must have... I think it was just Punk Goes Pop. That was the one I... Like, the comp that I primarily listen to like mm. all the key tracks where I'm like oh hell yeah like they were from that and then like I sort of pulled tracks like bits and pieces from the other ones growing up but like and that's some... that's pop one you're yeah, talking about. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I think there's just something about Punk Goes Pop one where I was like yep sick so like, did you have the album or did you download some of it because I feel like there's definitely some songs off that you haven't heard yeah um, no downloaded a friend of mine Sailed the Seas and got them for me. Yar. So, please don't arrest me. Well, I'm not going to do the joke. I was about to say, we've already done it. It was not funny the first time. But was it funny the five times after that? Absolutely not. Damn it. Um, But no, I do like this song. I'm ashamed to say that for some reason when I listened to it as a kid, I pictured just a really emo dude for some reason. It's kind of... She... So... It's a female-fronted... They're a female-fronted punk band, which is the first female-fronted 
band that we've done in the covers section. That's depressing. There's no, there, as of this stage, there hasn't been another band like in the main. Like we've done, so like when we did the MXPX um, for Heaven Is a Place on Earth, how they had a female come in and do this the scene. Yeah, sorry, I was um, like, we didn't, but no, we did. No, but like in the other in the yeah, other yeah, cover yeah. section, we've had females, but this is the first band like cover band that has a female vocalist. Mm. Um, they're really sick though. Like yeah. that's a, like we both listen to a bit of their stuff outside of this cover. And, and I could see like, there's not too much that was terribly different about the song. I, I feel like it's a stripped back version of the yeah. song. Yeah. Um, as opposed to last week's cover, like Pierce the Veil added more to Bruno Mars. Whereas, this didn't. Yeah. I don't feel like it's lacking. No. Um, she's kind of like the, the female Davy Havoc almost uh, in, yeah. in the way she sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I dig it. I think, um, I, I, you can't really listen to it and go, Oh, that's punk. But at the same time, having listened to a bit of their stuff, it doesn't feel out of place for them either. No. And we both, because we're revolting and share the same brain now, we both made the observation that Element 101 sound like a band that leapt off the soundtrack of 10 Things I Hate About You. I, I said to you, I said, I've got a, I've got a, an analogy that I want to tell you, and you're like, it sounds like something from 10 Things I Hate About You, and I was like, I was literally going to say, <laughs> if you, you because there's that bit where you go into a room, where they go into, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Black Alison, Alison Mack go into his, her room. <laughs> Alex Mack. Alex Mack, Alison Mack. Alex Mack go into her room and you see like the posters on the wall. I feel like if you turn the camera around onto another wall, there would be an element 101 poster. Or like they would have been like one of the bands on the lineup of like that show that she yeah, so that, Ledger go to. Yeah. So they would be like the, I feel like the band that they go and see would be the opening act and maybe element 101 would be the second yeah. opening act. And then, Spider Bait would be the open, the the headliner, or like. No, I'm thinking more no like, doubt. Yeah, yeah. This was the late '90s, so no doubt was still. It's sort of like, and again, I think I've got my aesthetics completely wrong, but it's that sort of like Riot Girl kind of mm. thing of like, just sincere punk rock, like it's got a femininity to it, but it's still very tough like and there's something like it's a bit grungy as well yeah, it's a bit it does really take me back alt. to like late 90s i love 2000s. it yeah. i love how how late 90s this is like i'm picturing myself with like a bob haircut straight yeah. with like bangs the choker yeah the choker like a red streak in my hair yeah. like lots of eyeliner and shit yeah, yeah. like baggy oh. cargos i think out of everywhere, like, in movies that I would want to live, it's that town that they live in in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Which I think it's like, it's, is it somewhere in Seattle or it's, like, somewhere in Washington or somewhere? It's, like, that it's... school is amazing. Yeah. Man. That scene where, like, they throw the flyers down the stairwell. Yeah. And Sexy Boy by Garbage is playing. Yeah. Fucking yes. We should watch that again. Yeah, Let's absolutely. All right. Cool. Absolutely. Um, Fuck, that's a good movie. It really that's is. such a good movie. We should do that and can't hardly wait. Yes. All right. All right that's our night. All right. Double um, double feature. <laughs>
So, yeah, I fucking love this. I love, again, there's sort of an effortlessness to it that is a lot more DIY, but I do, like, it works for it. Like, I picture this being a song that they would pull out at their shows Mm. as a crowd pleaser. But not in like a <laughs> like like the last song before the the encore or something yeah or the encore yeah yeah and like then, the song to get everyone to sing yeah yeah and then um, one thing again I really loved because like I love the harmonies in the last choruses in the original she doesn't do that in this version obviously like it's nowhere near as high production as yeah nowadays. as I said it's stripped back yeah, yeah. but. I don't know what the instrument is. That like I want to say like harpsichord or something, but it's absolutely not. But there's an instrument that's sort of emulating that same feel at the end. Like it's still mm. they've obviously done their homework and paid attention to the original this to is, do a very true rendition of it. Still, this is again a, a one where it's it's done with a lot of care and a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. and I really like that. And it's probably something to do with having a female-fronted vocalist, a female-fronted band doing a female pop song. Like... Well, yeah, you sort of picture... Because, wait, this came out in... 2001. And the song came out in 2000? Uh, yeah, thereabouts. I don't 99, know... I think. Yeah. I don't know why. I sort of... Even though I know that Punk Goes Pop is that old, I still picture it being like 2006, 2007 for some reason. 2000. Yeah. Um, I guess because that's when we were sort of getting into it. Or like, yeah. But yeah, I think... Yeah, you're on the money with that. Like, this would have been a pop musician, a pop song that presumably the front woman loved. Like, yeah, like full had full respect for Nelly Furtado. So yeah, and what like she was she's doing. absolutely doing a sincere take on it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things as well. I don't feel like we've reached one yet where ah, uh, yeah, maybe there have been a couple where it's like I don't feel like they're respecting the source material, especially when dudes cover Taylor Swift. Mm. Except for We Came as Romans was a sick cover. Yeah, I, I mean it's I don't feel like we've hit one yet where it's like I don't feel like they're they don't respect the source material. But this one definitely feels like, yeah, they have a love for it. Yeah. And they want to do it right. And this, like, again, and I'm sure I've said this before, but this kind of a cover epitomises what I love about the concept of doing a cover is, like, just because you play in a band of a particular genre doesn't mean that you don't shop around and listen to other. Yeah. And I just, I love seeing a band with a very sort of set sound, image, aesthetic, whatever, pull from another source but make it their own because mm. it just, yeah, it shows they're multifaceted beyond staying in their lane, beyond being limit like limiting themselves to just the scene mm. or like wherever they are coming from. And it's, so like we've had a lot of the ones where it's like they're doing they're doing this song in their style. They're bringing, they're bringing sort of like pop fans into punk. Whereas this is sort of going, well, why don't we bring punk fans into pop almost? Yeah. 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 I also realized having listened to this, I would love to hear a minor key version of this. Oh yeah. Super depressing sounding. Oh man. I don't think I'd like to hear that at the moment, but maybe, 
I mean, I'm, you know, I haven't stopped listening to depressing music, so... That's all I listen to. <laughs> yeah, because Taylor Swift is no, oh so depressing. I, actually, no, that's fair. I <laughs> You just did a whole discography in two days. So. I did. Shout out to Daisy. Um, seeing as my office is pretty much all working from home, um, my buddy Daisy and I synced up our Spotify... Account. Well, we didn't like physically, but yeah, we timed it so that we were listening to Taylor Swift's entire discography together, and it was very wholesome. So, it's such a cliche, but so many things are going to come out of this. Like, even though we were so distant, I felt more connected than ever. Like, mm. but yeah, like it truly was wholesome, and it has helped my sanity a lot. That and doing yoga classes at lunch. So, yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure these episodes are going to debilitate in or depreciate in quality over <laughs> the next few weeks, the longer I'm cooped up by myself. But it's in the greater good, so... Who knows? You might come up with some, you know, zingers like I do. <laughs> I should really, like, pick up my guitar or something, do, but, like, I hate this whole mentality at the moment where everyone's like, oh, like, get back into what you love. It's like... But with I, what time still? <laughs> I well, still have yeah. to work. Or like, either we still have to work, or we're unemployed, and that would be preoccupying fucking everything else. Like, I hate this sort of magical like thing that we've built. We're like, oh, but I'm just gonna have time to unwind. It's like, no, like we're just <laughs> anyway. I could talk about this for years. Do we want to talk about the celebrity Twitter video? <laughs> this is like so, so tone deaf that I, of course they wouldn't realize that it's so fucking tone deaf. It just... So, essentially, what... um, So, a whole bunch of celebrities... I can't remember any of them, except I think Gal Gadot's the first... Gal Gadot kicked it off. Gal Gadot. She organised it, I think. So, basically, a whole bunch of celebrities from home um, did, like, a couple bars of Imagine by John Lennon. Spitting bars. Spitting bars by Imagine by... Spitting bars... Of Imagine. Of Imagine by John Lennon. Which I didn't realise was about giving up your possessions. Well, that's one element of it, but it's more... It's just imagining a more progressive, like, a more advanced society. Like, imagine... Yeah, like, imagine a more peaceful existence. Mm. Like, it's just a sort of classic, like... Almost a protest song in itself of, like, we could move past all this shit. And get to somewhere beautiful. But then there's all these celebrities in their multi, multi, multi millionaire, multi, multi, multi million dollar homes, <laughs> pantries just stocked out the arse full of groceries, out the wazoo. And, and just everything. Like, yeah, I'm sure home life is really that terrible for you. I shouldn't assume. No, I'm not going to assume that's terrible. No, but, but like you're right. It's like there's so many people who are financially equipped to be, I don't know, donating money towards research or supporting facilities that are completely under the pump at the moment. Like, all these... And, like, people who have lost their jobs. Like, people Mm. who have, like, taken a real hit from this. And instead, they're just like, yeah, we should fucking record a song and put it on Twitter. Like... Because that's going to change so much. It's just... It's very tone deaf and it's frustrating. It's it's not as if it's, like, a sinister message or anything. But, again, it's just they don't realise... They don't really realise what's happening. No. Because they haven't been in the real world for years. Like, they don't get it. That's the thing, is, like... What is it supposed to do? Are we supposed to go, oh, I feel better about myself? Yeah. I'm now getting into negative drunk. Sorry, I keep interrupting. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that you're... I did not know you could exist in negative drunk. I've never I, seen it before. I go from, like, feeling so confident and ready to conquer the world, and then, it like, it can just go to, like, no, fuck this. I love you, but I need you to not get any more negative today. I'm not going to. Good. Um... <laughs> It, that being said, I have cried drunk in a toga before, so yeah, we both contain. I need to hear that story later on. <laughs> the crux of it was I was crying over a boy who didn't love me anymore, and I was at my friend Zach's beach house, and we had a toga party, and all got completely smashed. It's all right. I learnt that Boss didn't love me anymore either, I know. and He's very I learnt to I learnt to move on. He distracted my conference call this week by getting up onto the bathroom counter and knocking over an entire box of Q-tips. So that was very unproductive of him. I maintain it's impressive. Yeah, like, I was impressed. Um, But yeah, he's obviously, like, putting on a show because he has someone here to fuck around with. (laughs) Because I have no doubt that he just sleeps when we're not here, but now that there's someone... Because we never see anything amiss when we come home from work. Like, nothing's, like... But no, he's just been going off chops. The, he, he, the, the like the clothes horses aren't broken. Nothing's torn <laughs> up. Like there's no there's no scratches where you would expect there to be. I seriously think he might run around for like twenty minutes after we go. But I think he just goes. All right, well I'm gonna go to sleep now. Yeah. And sleeps until we get home. So it's kind of wholesome. Like he's obviously pleased to have someone here, but also he needs to just chill a bit. Chill out. So Dick Wad. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Nah. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Absolutely. I think. Look. The original's always going to have my heart, but Element 101's cover is just as gorgeous, and I love it, both yeah, of them. Absolutely. That's a, that's a unanimous double hell yeah. Absolutely. Quadruple hell yeah from both of us. So, next week, we will be, bleh, we will be looking at the song Song 2, uh, originally by Blur, as covered by the band Plain White Tees. And that's on the same album, isn't it? No, I think that's from uh, Punk Goes oh, 90s. Oh, it is too, yeah. Whoops. Um, Punk Goes 90s 1, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, we can confirm it next week. <laughs> when we actually talk about it. So, look, if you feel like getting in touch, hit us up on Twitter at PunkGoesPod at PunkGoesPod at gmail.com. Um, I've kind of stopped using the Instagram, and also I... We have an Instagram. Yeah. Like, I have one, and we have one, and the other day I responded to a message from someone who had hacked a friend's account, so I might not have one in a few weeks, who knows? Um, But yeah, you know where to find us, and if you don't, then that really doesn't change much, because no one except for Richard gives us any feedback ever. So, bless you, Richard. Achoo.